The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Welcome listeners, you're joining us for a new show here on Inspire FM. I'm your host, uh, Amr Azam. This is the Future Show and where we will explore the world of careers and work. I'm pleased today that uh, we've got a teacher's special for you. I'm hoping we have on the line a couple of my guests. Belayat um, Rashid is a, is a teacher at Lee Manor High School. I'm hoping, are you there, Belayat? Can you hear me? Assalamualaikum. Yes, I can hear you. How are you? My name is Islam. I'm good. I'm good. And also, I'm hoping we've got uh, Javeria Danvir on the line as well. Assalamualaikum. Yes, I'm on here. My name is Islam. Are you well? I'm well, thank you. Okay, brilliant. And uh, we've also got a couple of additional guests uh, that will be joining us uh, later on in the show. We've uh, hopefully got Marcus Ray on the line. Marcus, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here as well, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay. Marcus is a director of primary maths at the Chiltern Learning Trust, and we're going to be speaking to Marcus uh, in a short while about uh, applications and how to get going uh, with your teacher application. Uh, we should also have uh, Shweb Ali from CV Smart UK just giving us some career tips later on in the in the show. First of all, I, I, I suppose I wanted to start with uh, Belayat. Belayat, how would, how would you describe the last eight months for you? Because we've, we've heard an awful lot about the role of, uh, of, of teachers um, uh, in, yeah. in amongst the, the COVID uh, epidemic. And, and, and of course, it, it sounds like it's been an incredibly difficult task at an incredibly difficult time for us all. But teachers especially, you've had a, a really uncertain time of it. So how, how, how's, how's it been for us? How's it been for yourself? Yeah, Tell us. Yeah, um, it's, it's been challenging, I'm not going to lie. Uh, it has been challenging trying to make sure that our pupils get the, uh, maximise the most out of their learning whilst they're, you know, whilst they're not in front of us. Um, you know, we really had to think and adapt um, the way we sort of taught lessons, the way we provided lessons as well online. Um, we're quite fortunate. Um, we, had a, uh, we had a real push for Google Classrooms um, as staff here at Limano and uh, we got the right CPD. Alhamdulillah. So, you know, we were quite fortunate in the sense that we knew how to deliver it. Our issue was our kids, whether they were sort of, uh, whether some of the key, um, students were they able to access it. So obviously we had a, you know, our great team, our pastoral team and safeguarding team, you know, they were here working a lot. Um, whereas us as a teachers, we were making sure that our content was, you know, just accessible for them. Uh, so I know for a fact that when I was making some of the lessons as well, I had to make sure that um, you know, there were things that they might, you know, if, they, if some of our children didn't have computers, things like that, I had to really think and adapt the way I was teaching my lessons. So I would make sure things were really explicit and easy for them, uh, whilst also making it challenging. So yeah, as a, it was a challenging experience. I'm not going to lie. No, and that's really good, good to hear. And, uh, and of course, we all value the contribution that our key workers and in, in amongst that, our, our, our teachers, uh, we, we value the contribution you've all made. So, um, uh, Javeri, I want to uh, ask you, you started your teacher training at, uh, a few months ago in September. Um, how, how's it been for you? Because it's probably not how it was described to you uh, back at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's been quite interesting. I remember I had my interview just before lockdown, very close um, before lockdown started, and we had no idea how the situation was going to unravel. 
And it was just a lot of uncertainty for the first few months of it all. Um, a lot of questions in the air about how it's going to pan out. But it's been an interesting experience. And just like the teachers are all getting used to remote learning, adapting to using technology, we've been getting first-hand experience of that. So in a way, it's quite good to be able to um, access remote learning and learn the technological uses in education quite early on, because that would just, you know, put us in a good place for the future. Mary, you, you uh, listeners, Javeri uh, is uh, a smart girl, a degree in chemical engineering. Um, so, what, what, where, where did that journey into teaching start? Where did that inspiration come from? Yeah, so it started off in my gap year where I began to work at Luton Sixth Form College as a mentor for a level science student. And the idea was just to earn some money during my gap year, go off to uni, go off to Birmingham, study chemical engineering. It was never supposed to be anything more than that. What I found happening was while I was at uni is I would find myself returning to sixth form every opportunity I got. And it became a bit of a joke because the number of goodbyes I've had at sixth form, they were never really goodbyes because I would just always keep returning. But that's because I just enjoyed being in that environment with a student. And I think for me, it just became a realisation. I just wanted a career that would involve working with young people. Uh, and you, you touched on, on something there about want, that, that you alluded to wanting to transform lives. And that's, uh, I mean, I've, I've got experience myself. I've worked in schools for, for the past 10 years, but not necessarily as a teacher. But I've, I've seen that connection that, uh, that teachers have with their pupils, whether it's in a primary school setting or in a high school. And uh, those, that ability to develop connections or rapport sounds like it's it, it, it's it's a really really meaningful meaningful process so uh, you, you so we spoke off there you, you mentioned that you were doing some teaching at the moment so you've started as in september uh doing your teacher training so um uh, wh what are you doing at the moment if you describe for our listeners perhaps some, some i know we have some listeners that are keen to think to get into uh, teaching and begin the process. There's a, so three months in, what, what are you doing as a trainee teacher? Yes, so I'm doing my training with Shilton Training Group, who have quite a few schools in the trust, and my current school placement is Chorney High School for Girls. Um, so what's quite good about Shilton Training Group is they put you into classroom right from the beginning, but they also provide you with that training on a weekly basis alongside the practical aspect of being in a classroom. So you're gaining that exposure to a classroom quite early on, which is quite different to other training providers, I would say. Um, and the reason why I wanted a career in changing in teaching, sorry, is because I knew I wanted three things in a career. I didn't want a career that would bore me. I wanted to continue learning and I wanted interaction and teaching allows for that. No two days are the same. And I see that at Chorney Girls all the time. The kids mm. never fail to surprise you. Um, and I leave work and I go home and tell my sister about stories about what's happened at work. And I think if you can leave work with good stories to tell that make you happy, then that's a job worth ha having. So, yeah. Uh, Belayat, uh, Javeri has just mentioned no two days being the same there, and and how uh, how students have have all of that potential to uh, to surprise. Um, four years into it, being an English teacher at Lee Manor High School, 
Uh, is that an accurate experience? 100% she's spot on, uh, 100% yeah, so no two days is, yeah, it's not the same, um, every day is different, um, you you will have your ups and downs, but if I'm honest with you, it's so rewarding, um, when you master your teaching and your learning, um, and you know, it, it does happen with your training provider, as um, Teria said, she trains with CTG, I trained with them as well quite recently, um, and when you have that support from them, and you look at your teaching and learning practice um, where, when things, when you develop as a teacher, it is so rewarding uh, at the end when you realize that actually your your students are actually learning from you. Um, but yeah. Uh, Bilad, I, 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 I suppose let's, let's now just sort of, uh, uh, I, I want to, I spoke with a couple of teachers before I came on, actually, we, we've all got teacher friends and, uh, and we, we, of course, know at Inspire FM, we have uh, a, quite a few teachers as, as our presenters, as well as friends of the station. Uh, and, and I asked them to perhaps uh, give me an indication of the things that are the most rewarding of the job. And I want to run these past you, Bilal, and, 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 and Javeria, you'll no doubt be listening in, and, and, and Marcus as well. Um, I, I think the thing that came up over and over again is, is almost uh, watching the development of a young person, watching them take on new ideas, watching them uh, almost being a part of that, uh, in enhancing that young person's development. So you are contributing towards their development and watching them go grow. I think that's the thing that stuck out for me the most. Uh, Blood, is, is, would you say that's an the, one of the one of the things that would be high up on your list as as the most rewarding aspects of teaching? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I have, um, you know, students of all abilities, um, and I'm very fortunate to actually teach uh, students of all abilities. And one of the things I love um, is the fact that once they get it, they just crack on with it. And they're actually working, they work together and they're learning. And it's the fact that I know that me teaching a core subject as well is changing their lives uh, for the better as well. So actually, for me, when I see that happening, I'm seeing, a, I'm always remembering and reminding myself, and I have to always do that. Um, despite all the challenges that might uh, arise as a teacher, I always say to myself, there's a bigger picture and that's them succeeding within their future. So for me, I would say that them changing and developing and, you know, I've seen a cohort just leave now uh, our previous year 11s. When I joined Lee Manada in year nine, I, the, the maturity and the development that they've made and the progress they made with their educational journey, for me, it was just phenomenal. Uh, I, I recall uh, uh, being a student at, um, at Denby High School many many years ago, and um, and once one teacher in particular uh, stuck out for me. It was my science teacher at the time. I, I remember the uh, that feeling of walking into his classroom and how it, it struck me the uh, the environment that he had created. You know, it was a warm environment. He was very very encouraging. I. Uh, I perhaps struggled a little bit at some of my subjects, science including, but I remember, you know, being taken aside once or twice, and he could sense that so that 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 little little bit of um, lack of confidence in me. Uh, and I suppose that that's the thing, Belize, that that really it must be such a meaningful interaction when when you're able to reach out to a young person. Uh, you can spot them, you can maybe spot the signs that maybe they may be struggling. Uh, and you can put, sort of put that sort of um, metaphorical arm around the shoulder and give, give them that encouragement. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, it's it, that's for me. I I love doing that part of the job as well. Um, you know, whether that's uh, kids in my form class, 
whether that's students in uh, in my uh, class for my uh, English classes or just students on my duties as well. I walk around and I can just tell when those students aren't as confident or there's something wrong. And I like picking that up and helping them, you know, sort of solve their issues and their sort of problems. So then they can overcome that and, you know, try and focus back to what their main purpose is coming to school. And that's obviously for them to learn, um, but also making sure that they're comfortable um, whilst they're whilst they're in their uh, what you call it, in their classrooms. Brilliant, thank you, Javeria. Uh, you, you're going to be teaching science, and I think you're going to be uh, specialising in in chemistry because that that's after all where your where your heart lies. Uh, I suppose. Um, what what happens now for you? So we're now coming sort of into December, and uh, how many? What sort of hours are you teaching at the moment, and how will that ramp up over the course of your training year? So at the moment, it's recommended to be teaching eight for lessons per week. But what's great about Shilton Training Group is they are quite flexible. So if you are able to do more than that, then you're able to. If you don't feel like you're up to that, then you can just work at your own pace. And it all just comes down to the conversations that you have with your mentor and your mentor guiding you along. Um, in the right direction and I'm fortunate enough to have such a great relationship with my mentor because they really are your first port of call um, so at the moment it should be eight full hours per week and that just builds up over time gradually but like I said it is quite flexible and then towards the end of term I believe it should be 10 full lessons per week. Brilliant thank you. Um, Balat any any advice for a, a trainee teacher? We've got a trainee teacher on the line as, uh, in, in, in our other guest, Javeria. So any advice for someone? In, in, I'm sure that Javeria says she's got a great mentor there, but any, 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 um, yeah. any tips, any pearls of wisdom you can pass on? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I would say, uh, you know, get as much experience in the sort of classroom environment. Go do as many observations. Pick out, um, you know, um, we like to call them golden nuggets, I believe, um, uh, children and uh, training group. Uh, pick out the golden nuggets that teachers use, um, look at established routines, um, make sure you are super organized, especially in your training year. But also that skill set is so important um, uh, as a, um, as a uh, what do you call it, within your career later on. Because I know right now, um, with, all, with, with everything going on, I know I have to be super super organized and actually that's the skill set I'm using for my training year so I'm still in that mode of making sure that my lessons are you know tip top every single day um, and there will be dips don't get me wrong but you know you 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 just have to be prepared to take on that challenge and that's fine um, and it's always about learning new things um, that's what I would say so one thing I could uh, one thing I can also add to that is the fact that you never stop learning as a teacher um, and I know that as well with our senior members of staff here at Limana, they say the exact same things where they're constantly developing and learning new things. Yes, you're, you're joining us here on the Futures show on Inspire FM. Uh, we've got a teaching special. We've got Bilal Rashida, uh, a teacher of four years at Limana High School. We've also got uh, Jareya Danvir, who is a, a trainee teacher at Chorley High School for Girls. Uh, I'm hoping we've still got Marcus Ray on the line. Marcus, are you there? Yeah, yeah I'm here. I'm here as well. It Brilliant. Great to hear the passion of, of, my, of my young colleagues in the profession there. Brilliant. Marcus uh, is a director of primary maths at the Chilton Learning Trust. 
He's also the primary teacher training lead for the children training group. Um, Marcus, t tell us about uh, your own journey because you, you you've been a teacher for 24 years. We were we was, we spoke earlier on and. Uh, and and you you sounded so so enthusiastic that you were coming on the show to encourage uh, encourage people to join the profession. So tell us about your journey into teaching. Uh, my passion hasn't changed over those twenty four years. I, I, I don't remember a day really in my teaching career where I've I've got into work and thought, yeah, perhaps I need another career. Always been a motivator for me. It's always been a new day, and I, I loved hearing um, both the both of the two previous. Um, conversations about your day is different every single day is different but you have to be able to cope with that and you have to be able to want to inspire those children and, and what better time at the moment as teachers we are solely at the center of the community and society at the moment to try and make sure children's education carries on and they're still at school and they're safe it was lovely to hear both both of my um, teacher colleagues there saying that they enjoy that that's the part that they're enjoying they're enjoying making a difference to children so for me, I started as a teacher. Um, I've always had involvements in trying to train teachers and support uh, innies when they've come to school and support student teachers. Um, but for me, uh, the last few years, I've really seen the benefit of being at the heart of that and the difference that we can make for those teachers coming into the career, making sure we've got people in schools who want to do that. So hear both of them talking about the importance of their mentor, that's really important to me because at TTG in, in particular, we're passionate about making sure that our trainees get the support they need from schools. And there are so many good schools in our community supporting training teachers. Um, and if I can get anything across today, that's the main passion I want to get across, that we can offer the support. And our schools are doing that in combination with us to make sure we're bringing on great teachers in the future. Brilliant. Uh, Marcus, that's, uh, that's really, really quite uh, quite inspirational to hear that somebody that's that's been in the job as, uh, in, the, in the profession for as long as as you have uh, have have that energy, and I'm sure our listeners can can really really sense that. Uh, Marcus, we, we probably have we we know that have listeners listening in that probably will want to be thinking about careers in 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 teaching. What how do they begin the process there? So we're we're we're, we're coming into December now. So do, is it a cohort of teachers you take on? So. Uh, there's a particular. Is it sort of cyclical? You at a particular time in the year that you that you would uh, be taking applications in, interviews. Talk talk us through the process. So applications are open now for all all uh, teaching training providers. Open in October, so we're interviewing. Um, we're doing that remotely. Um, the opportunities are there still to make sure that we can get as many teachers in profession and ready for training in September. So the earlier people apply. They get involved in the course. The earlier we can start getting them in contact with schools, building that relationship with them. And it doesn't just start in September. It starts before that when you start to put uh, your trainee teachers in contact with the schools so that they can find out a little bit about each other and be ready for September when their training starts. I'm sure Belef and Dwyer will, will reinforce for you if, if you ask them that actually that's a really key part of it is making sure that we get our trainees ready and they're ready for what, what's coming for them in terms of the course, but also what's coming for them in terms of their experience in school. Uh, so first put steps. Um, first steps, they get into teaching website. Um, get into teaching website through the DFE. Um, it has everything you need to know about applications. That's everything you need to know about bursary and funding. Um, and it's really improved over the last few years. And, and we also uh, run 
recruitment events where you can talk to the providers directly. So I wouldn't just advise people to use Get Into Teaching. Uh, look at it, find the providers in your area, but the best providers, talk to them. People like TTG where I work, phone them, contact them directly and ask them what they're offering, um, why, why their courses are different. See if it matches you. Make sure that the course that, that you're being given matches what you want from it as well, because they can be tailored personally. Okay. Uh, Marcus, we, uh, the, the line isn't brilliant, so we're hoping we can, we can pick that up. We can, uh, and I'm hoping you can hear me okay. Just yep. very briefly, just uh, talk us through uh, uh, the interview. What, what does that interview entail? Is it, is it like a job interview, for example? Yeah, it is a little bit like a job interview. So we'll uh, try and find out from the candidates um, about their knowledge of teaching, but also their experiences so far in their other careers or in their college courses that uh, give them the skills that would make them be a good teacher. So we also have an opportunity for them to show us that they can teach, show us they can inspire us. So you give them an opportunity to have five to ten minutes to teach you something. Um, based around primary or secondary, depending on which age they're going into. Um, and then we ask them questions about teaching in general, what makes them um, suited to the job, they think, and also what they know about teaching and good teachers. So, Marcus, so uh, a, a candidate putting in their application now, when would they likely be, if they were successful and move on to uh, the... Well, actually, before that, actually, so you're sifting through applications, uh, you come across uh, someone at your area who's a degree in chemical engineering. Uh, you know what stands out? Is, is it a CV that you've received? Is it uh, is it a personal statement they need to put together? How do they get to an interview? Yeah, I, I would say actually uh, the three aspects of that it's making sure the qualifications are correct. So, they, they, uh, for example, to um, join a school-centred initial teacher training, they need to have. Um, uh, grade four in maths, English, and science, and they need to have an honours degree at two, two or above. That's the first first port of call qualifications. Second port of call, writing a good application form. Um, and the Get Into Teaching website is actually really useful because they have uh, teachers in the profession at the moment who will look at your application, they'll look at what you're writing, and they'll offer, also offer you guidance on how to fill those in um, to show where your passion is in teaching. So I was to try and encourage anybody what in to impress me and my colleagues to look at them, it's passion for teaching, your experiences that will make you a good teacher, and the things that you know in life and you've made skills yourself that you could then bring into profession as well. Last thing as part of that, we would get that turned around quite quickly. So the moment you get that application in, we could we would be doing interviews within a week. Um, people could be finding out within a week uh, how successful they are as well. So you know, a week really. Brilliant. Thank you, Marcus. Marcus, we're gonna we're gonna catch up with you again after the break, listeners. We're uh, we're here on the uh, f the future show, uh, a teaching special. We've got our guests, uh, Bilal Rashid Javeria uh, Tanvir, who are both teachers, and 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 Marcus Ray, who is also uh, as well as being a teacher, a very experienced one. He's also involved in teacher recruitment uh, for uh, the Chiltern Training Group, Chiltern Learning Trust. Sorry. Um, Javeria, are you still are you still there? Tell us about your interview experience because that that to me sounds that sounds a little bit daunting for me. But are you there? 
Yes, I am. So the interview experience, I remember when I was planning for it, I was quite nervous, but it honestly is an experience just to make you feel comfortable. And everyone at CTG is so lovely at doing that. Um, one of the first things we had to do was plan for a five minute lesson in our subject. So my subject was chemistry and it could be anything you wanted it to be. Um, it then followed on with a one-to-one -one interview where they asked you some questions, which Marcus had touched upon. And I'd say if you can bring in some personal experiences from when you've been in a classroom, if you've managed to get some experience beforehand, that could really, really help. And we had to do some tests just to kind of assess your literacy and numeracy um, understanding, but it wasn't really anything too daunting. And the whole Brilliant. idea to just make you feel comfortable. Uh, Belay, same question to you in, in about 30 seconds before uh, the adverts kick in. Belay, uh, your recollections of, of your interview? Uh, yeah, I just talked about really my experience because I was already slightly experienced then, but um, uh, CTG does make you feel comfortable, so don't feel like it's going to be as daunting because it actually isn't. Um, just make sure you are prepared and you know give an honest give your honest opinion as to why you want to go into teaching i would say honesty is probably the best thing and you know just be as professional as possible really brilliant thank you this is uh we're we're about to go to an advert break we we, we will see uh, no doubt see you again in a few minutes time you're listening to amar azam on the future show a teacher special and our guests have been Bilal rashid javeri tanvir and marcus ray Look forward to seeing you after the break. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. listeners hope uh, hoping here just a technical pitch there um we you're joining us here on the future show uh, on inspire fm i'm your host amar azam we've been speaking before the break with uh, a couple of teacher uh, teacher friends of ours we've uh, we've got blood rashid uh, javeri tanvir speaking about their experiences in, in teaching also marcus ray uh, from the children training group mentioned uh, went, went through the application process for those of you looking to go into teaching next year. Marcus, uh, I, I wanted to pick up on a, a, a couple of questions from the um, from our listeners that have come through. So um, uh, I've, I've got a question here. Uh, so somebody wanting to teach English, what, do they need an English degree? Uh, it's best if their degrees are relevant to the subject, yeah. Yeah, because then it can support their subject knowledge enhancement as well. But uh, all providers will offer subject knowledge enhancement to um, trainees as well, so they can build on those to make sure that their subject knowledge in the specific subject that they apply for uh, is relevant and as good a quality as it can be. Uh, brilliant, thank you. Uh, can you talk us through the bursaries that are available? Uh, because I, I, I recall in the past there were uh, various... Um, incentives uh, for certain subjects. How, how will that work next year? Yeah, well, the funding um, and the first fees has been changed a little bit. I mean, the DfE's removed some of them and some of that's based on current climate and, and finances available. But uh, there are there are tax-free bursaries. 
available. Um, they're not in primary, but they are in secondary. So in secondary, that if you apply for subjects such as chemistry, computing, maths, physics, uh, languages, biology, and classics, there are bursaries available. Um, and, the, and those aren't the only funding methods, though, I would say. I would say that, that you've got your tuition fee loan or maintenance loan, um, but you've also got scholarships that are available as well. Um, so, you know, if, you, if you're really looking for the funding, there, there is funding out there in the sector one, but um, it's not as massive as it used to be, um, and definitely not in the primary side to it. But there are also additional um, funding. So if you're um, a parent, um, there's additional financial support for childcare and things as well for you while you're doing your training. Um, and I would I would highly recommend the teaching website. So if you get usually get into teaching DFE website from uh, it's gettingteaching.education.gov.uk. Um, on there there are uh, finance trackers as well. So you can look at uh, putting in what your current finances would be and seeing whether you can afford to do the course and which way is best to go about it. Brilliant. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, we, we should hopefully have Shoaib Ali on the line. Shoaib uh, Ali of CV Smart is. Um, uh, is uh, a, a, a one of our uh, one of our friends in the community who uh, I, I recall meeting at Luton Sixth Form College in the past as well. But I'm I'm really pleased to introduce you as a, a careers advisor. Uh, and and one of the one of the things that we were speaking about before the break, Shweb, is um, uh, this this prospect of uh, putting together a personal statement. Um, what sort of advice would you would you give on how to how to enhance, how to put, illustrate your own experiences into a personal statement? Uh, yeah, Islam, I'm, uh, what I can say is keep it concise and keep it relevant to what you're applying for. So you want to leave away with all the sorts of um, information that's not relevant, the kinds of schools you want to go to or the kinds of institutions you want to apply for. Rather, keep it relevant to the subject, keep it relevant to your experience, what you've done to uh, gain experience in a certain setting and how you've gone about getting experience to validate your reason to be on the course and then um, you know why why are you passionate about it what makes you want to study uh, or go into teaching as opposed to going into retail or going into accounting as opposed to go, uh, becoming a doctor uh, so it comes down to uh, why are you passionate what have you done to gain the experience and what are you hoping to get out of it at the end brilliant thank you and I suppose it's just a wider question there about um, interview skills. How, what sort of advice would you give uh, to, to someone going for a job interview? Not necessarily in teaching, but uh, any 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 industry really. What sort of what are the key things uh, that you need to nail down when preparing for an interview, whether it be over Zoom or or, or face to face? The main thing is to do your research. Never take research for granted. Uh, find out about the company, uh, you know, go over possible questions that they'd ask you, go over the industry, anything recent that's in the industry, anything that might have changed, and also uh, tailor your answers to the company or the industry you're applying into. You don't want to give them uh, half-hearted answers or answers that don't mean anything. Relate the answer to you as a person and then relate the answer to how you will uh, benefit the company if they employ you. Brilliant. No, that, that's... That's really insightful. I just, I just lastly from me, we, we have a question in from uh, a local year 11 student, and he's, uh, I suppose, it, he's, he's after a bit of direction here. Uh, you may or may not have the answer, but he's asked for careers advice uh, after his GCSEs. 
and he wants to study to become a doctor in neurology. Uh, he's unsure as to uh, what A-levels to take and really what sorts of things he should be getting on with in terms of research. Is there any advice you can give him? Uh, in terms of, for him, I would say speak to the school he's at, start off with the career advisor, see what route he can take. Um, but in terms of picking A-levels, go down a science uh, route, so either uh, medical science or biology, and then see what options are available to him there, and then speak to a career advisor at the college, and then see what he can go on to do, uh, whether it's university or um, a place in, uh, in his speciality, and see what he can go on from there. Brilliant. Thank you. That's, that's really insightful there, Shoaib. Just coming back to uh, our guests at the beginning of the show, uh, Belayat and Javeria. Uh, Belayat, what's, what's a sort of typical day look like for you as a, a, as a teacher of four years uh, teaching English in one of our local schools? I suppose it's not very typical at the moment, given, given everything that's going on in the world, but uh, how, what time does your day start? What time, what time do you... Because we, 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 I mean, we do hear some... Some some of the more uh, uh, challenging aspects of of the job are the, the longer hours and the long holidays. So so I suppose what's the uh, what's a typical day look like for you? Uh, do you want pre-COVID or COVID? Uh, um, tell, tell tell us uh, pre-COVID. I can tell you both. We can go into pre, yeah yeah hundred yeah. percent. That's fine. Um, so pre-COVID, uh, typical day would be uh, coming in about just sort of around eight o'clock, uh, just before eight o'clock. Um, I'd usually get my morning printing done. Uh, my kids would sort of come in, uh, perform time around between 8.15 to 8.30. Here at Limana, we start um, at 8.30, or we used to. Uh, we still do, but it's slightly changed. Um, and then after 20 minutes of form time, we'd then go to lesson. So for me, the day usually starts off, I work best coming in earlier. Um, so currently, like I would say about a year ago, I started coming in earlier um, and I found that I was way more productive when I had a whole hour to myself rather than um, uh, uh, doing it in the evenings. Um, I'd rather go home. Uh, my cutoff time is usually about 4.30, 5 o'clock probably latest, um, just because I know that I'm not going to be as productive. Um, so that's pre-COVID. And within, um, I can still talk about the school day. So obviously I'd have lesson one and lesson two as well. Um, they're, they're an hour long here at Limana. Or they used to be sorry um and after that it'd be we we have two split lunches we have a lunch one and a lunch two both a half an hour so uh usually i'd either be on a lunch duty or i might just be eating my lunch and just sort of going to the toilet whatever getting printing done um getting things done really um i would say the time goes so quick when you have um lessons to teach as well as uh, quite a few things to do so you know, it doesn't matter how your day is going. Usually the day goes super quick and you feel that actually uh, you've got to make the most uh, of the time that you have. Um, so that's that's pre-COVID. Uh, Post-COVID or... Very, very briefly, year, very briefly. Like yeah, sorry. Um, Post-COVID, uh, I would say is it, it can be quite challenging with time and uh, our lessons have been reduced 45 minutes. Our typical day usually ends at 2.15 now rather than 3 o'clock. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much about it really. Do you feel like a role model? Because that's quite often something I hear a lot. And uh, I'll be honest with you, it sounds pretty cool to be a role model. I've, I've, I've taught in schools, uh, as I mentioned earlier, not necessarily as a, as a teacher, but working with teachers. And, and some of my projects, my say a, a five-day project in a, in a primary school with a bunch of year five students, 
is is a really really memorable experience. It's really inspiring to watch uh, those young uh, young minds uh, take on new ideas. So, do you feel like a role model? Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know the just the sort of way we uh, talk as well as the way we dress. We got to make sure that we're modeling that to our young people. Um, and you know, I will teach them. You know, so there are certain times where there might be inappropriate behavior, and you know, you ha you have to teach them these life skills because obviously it will have an impact on them uh, in their future when they go to college, university, and work. Javeria, just just coming back to you, then the um, uh, people sometimes uh, shudder at the thought of of teaching and and the responsibilities that that come with it, but. From my opinion, and and I know many people share this. It's it's a very well respected and uh, almost a humbling profession, uh, making that difference in the lives of uh, young people, and knowing that perhaps you may not, uh, you know, they may move on in life, and uh, they will, as a, as a result of the guidance you've given them, go on and and and, and better the lives and the better lives of uh, people people around them. Um, how how much does that? inspire you at the uh, uh, how much has it inspired you at the beginning of this journey of yours uh, in teacher training yeah so i think there is this societal stigma that exists surrounding teaching in the sense that it's often seen as a backup career or one that you go into if you don't do too great at uni in my case that wasn't what it was i did pretty decent at uni and it was because i wanted to go into it and it is unfortunate that stigma exists but it's present um, going back to what you were saying about the role models and just touching upon that, being an Asian Muslim female myself, when I studied chemical engineering at university, I was the only British female Muslim in my cohort of chemical engineering. And when I talked to some of the girls at Shawnee Girls, because it is majority Asian Muslim girls, it's quite inspiring for them to see someone like themselves be able to go into those male-dominated fields. So in terms of what you're asking about it being inspiring and rewarding, yes, 100% it is. And I think you can help to raise the aspirations of young people and help them to just become more open-minded in terms of their career prospects and probably living up the evening maybe, because I know that's come up in conversation as well, where one of the girls at Shawnee was quite surprised that I lived up because it may not be the norm in our culture. So it's just that representation um, that the students are able to see in their teachers and that inspires them to aim higher. Brilliant. Uh, a, fr a friend of ours at, on Inspire FM, Alta Hussain, who's uh, the principal of Luton Sikh Reform College, uh, I, I know he, uh, he, he speaks very positively about, uh, about the young people of Luton. Of course he should do, he's the principal of a college, but he actually believes that the next prime minister Will come from one of our schools and go through one of our colleges, maybe even Luton Sixth Form College. Uh, Marcus, uh, as a teacher of 24 years, uh, you must have come across some fairly inspirational young people that you probably have seen that that spark, that ingenuity, that creativity straight away. Uh, I'd love to. I'd love to see one of our one of our um, past students go on to be prime ministers going to that they have so much to say about their lives and the impact that they've had on it and the schools have had on it um, we see a lot of schools working on giving children that power um, to have their say to be their part of the community and i'll just back up what you said there about um in teaching we're looking for people from every diverse part every 
pathway that they've entered, different careers in the past. And those children who are in our schools now will go on to be those people who will model society. And they've got a voice now, an opportunity to have that voice, so much more than we did in the past. Um, so I, I would back up exactly what he said. I'd love to see one of our, one of any of the schools I work with uh, go on to be that Prime Minister of, of the future. But also, I, I enjoy nothing more than seeing the successes of those who go on and meet you in the street and tell you what the impact their, tra their teachers have had on them and the careers they've gone on to and how they've been inspired. That, for me, is the biggest payback I can have from being a teacher. Not the wage, it's the, it's the feedback from, from my pupils. Seeing them when they're 30, coming along and saying, oh, Mr A, look what I'm doing now. I've gone on to do this. It was because of the role models I had at school, I wanted to do this as well. So, yeah, totally. It's that feeling of success that you get the teacher and the reward. Uh, just a couple of questions uh, for, for you, Marcus, that have that uh, that come through. Uh, is it possible to train to be a teacher and then go off to another career, take a career break, or uh, or just uh, go off for a couple of years and come back into teaching? Is it Does it offer that flexibility? And uh, a second question here. Um, uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking of a career change and I've worked in project management for a number of years. Uh, I'm, I'm well into my 30s. Is there anything that you could say that would uh, probably uh, prevent me from training? So, yeah, those two questions there. No, no. If, if you really think you can make a difference and you want a, a job with, as a reward in this teaching can be, as you've heard Blair and Dora say, you, come into teaching. Get into teaching. Don't just think about it. Contact one of the training providers, anyone, not just the one I work for, any one of them. Talk to them and get them to give you a teacher advocate or talk to you about a career in teaching. So that's the first step. Um, there are people who will take breaks in, in teaching, like any profession, I suppose, um, and then come back to it. You've, got, you've even got people who go away to have children and then come back into the profession afterwards as well, um, because they, they feel the reward is still there. Um, I don't see any, any problem in that, and I don't see any uh, schools seeing an issue with that. Um, as long as it's not the teaching that's putting you off, that would be my part. If it's the teaching, um, so to it, stick with it. it. It changes. It's different from year from year. Um, and the other question was, is there anything that would put them off or would stop them? Um, I would talk to teachers. Talk to teachers themselves and see what they've got to say. Come, go to the providers. Come to any of the providers and talk to them and get them to find you a teacher uh, who's in the career in the, in, and could tell you what their experiences are. Just like you've got here, Belair and Dwyer. That, that, for me, that's the best advocate for joining the teaching profession. Brilliant. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, um, I, I, I was speaking in preparation for this show uh, with uh, Sufyan, of, uh, Sufyan Sadiq of the uh, Children Learning Trust, who's, who's uh, a director of teaching at the Children Learning Trust, actually. And he described that, that, that process of becoming that inspirational teacher. And, and it does take time. Uh, Javeria, as someone who's new to the and new to the profession, what have you learned about yourself in your um, in your con that connections that you're nurturing with, with with the students that you are teaching at the moment? What are you learning about yourself? Because it's it's an ongoing process, and and of course we're all always always learning and developing our skills. Um, like I have said earlier on, the importance of organisation. I think it is incredibly important to just be organised, become better at time management. Um, just to develop that work-life balance, especially in your training year, because that is the most intense year, so I've heard. 
Um, in terms of what I'm learning about myself, I think one of the most important things, and many teachers would say this, is you're not expected to know everything in your subject, and you would be exposed to questions in a classroom by students where they might ask you something that throws you off and you might have to get back to them with an answer, but that's okay. You're not this encyclopedia, you are only human. Um, so don't expect to be perfect in your subject knowledge all the time. And I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned during my training so far. Uh, lastly, I, 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 I suppose we, uh, you have to deal with the, 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 some of the challenges that come with uh, being around young people as well. Uh, you, you've no doubt in, the, in your four years of teaching have had to uh, stop your fair share of fights perhaps in the playground. Uh, uh, you've laughed along with, uh, with young people in inten you know, unintentionally when, when you're meant to be kept, keeping a, a straight face. Young people are supposed to keep you, um, they keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, however, it's again, and, you know what you just brought up. You know you just brought up one of the many sort of issues, or that does happen unfortunately within schools. And obviously that is just part of um, teenagers sort of growing up, or you know in secondary anyway. And it's actually about making sure what can we do to prevent that happening. And it's about teaching them um, those life skills and social cues where actually you know maybe they just don't know appropriate behaviour and they might not have learned it at home, or they might just forget as they're growing up, going through changes you know physically and mentally. So it's making sure that you explain that to them. Thank you. Uh, we should ha we should still have Shoeb on the line. Shoeb, are you are you still there? Yes, I am. Yeah. Just uh, just any any final words for you, uh, from you about uh, advice around uh, na nailing that uh, application and and uh, and that interview process. Any any final thoughts from from you there? Yeah, uh, with the application process, uh, take your time. Uh, obviously within the deadline, get it perfect, get people who are within the profession or people who have experience, get them to check it for you. My uh, main bit of advice would be write your application out or the statement out in Word, get the grammar and spelling correct and then you can paste it across because the last thing you want to do is uh, have an application full of mistakes or anything that could jeopardize your chance of getting an interview. And then with the personal statements, same thing, get it checked, get your tutor to check it, get your teachers to check it. Um, you know, if you've got uh, people in the family who are in that subject you want to go to in the course, get them to check it. Um, and then, you know, as the other guests have already said, once you get into the course and once you get into that job, the experience will come uh, and you'll be able to just uh, take it on from there. Thank you, Shweb. Uh, listeners, you know, we're, we're coming up to the end of the future show here on Inspire FM. Uh, it's been a uh, quite an insight into the world of teaching. Um, if, if, if we've not had a chance to answer your question, email email us on futures at inspirefm.org, and we'll make sure those questions do get to uh, do get to our guests, and we can make sure they get answered. So, uh, so, uh, so Javeria, just some um, so some final thoughts from you. Um, what, what, what's uh, what's been uh, something that stands out for you in this first few months of uh, of, of your teacher training, have there been any su pleasant surprises? Uh, what have you taken well to? What 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 were you daunted about that perhaps you're feeling a little bit more confident now? I think one of the biggest things that have stood out for me is just how kind and supportive the teaching community is to one another. 
Um, just um, current recent example, I tweeted about the show the other day and Rachel, who is the secondary lead at Shilton Training Group, left words of encouragement. Al-Tabi Sain left um, a nice comment as well. And it just goes to show that these people in the profession, these teachers who have such a busy work timetable as well as their own personal lives, they still take the time out to support one another, including trainees. So it's very heartwarming to see how kind and supportive the teaching uh, community is, but also just how there's such a strong positive culture that exists in the schools. Um, I've been at said Chorney Girls and Leighton Sixman College. I think a huge part of when deciding where to work is the culture that exists among the staff. And in schools, it's not just the staff culture, but also the culture that exists amongst the pupils. And all the schools in Luton, in the Trust, as well as Shilton Training Group, really do represent that strong, positive culture that exists very well. So pleasant surprises up to now. Brilliant. Thank you, Jimmy. And uh, just some final thoughts from Belayat. Uh, Belayat, um, I suppose, the, the as someone that's that's now uh, quite a quite an experienced hand uh, of, of four years in the in the profession. Uh, what have you learned about yourself? Um, I suppose one aspect of the of the role that we as people on the outside don't see is that that ability to connect on a level that sometimes even uh, even parents and and people in the family don't have. So what's been what's that experience like when you when you when you're when you're almost that confidant to a young person and you and they share their dreams and their hopes and aspirations with you? How does that feel? So for me, it motivates me to make sure that they're maximizing their learning um, and just their time at the school here. So like, uh, you know, you have students, as you just said, you know, when they're telling you or telling you their dreams um, uh, uh, and their hopes and what they want to do in the future, you just, you know, you're just so much more motivated saying, yep, I want to help you get there. And that's the one thing I'm always trying to make sure that when I want my students to make sure that they're coming into the lesson excited that they've got English lessons with Mr. Rashid. Um, just because I know that it's such a key skill that they need. But obviously, I want to build that positive um, atmosphere and that they're looking forward to all of their lessons like that. So then they can leave that lesson into the next lesson just as positive as well, uh, whatever subject it may be. And uh, you do need to be a disciplinarian, though, I suppose, as well. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, you, the thing is, you have to explain the rationale behind it. Um, and you explain, look, you know, these are our rules, etc. But you know, it is, it is part of growing up and it's about teaching that culture of acceptance when they do make those mistakes and that they admit to those mistakes and learn from it and obviously not repeat it if they uh, can avoid that. Brilliant. Uh, Marcus, hopefully you're still in line. Just a quick 20 seconds from you. What should someone who's looking to go into teaching be doing over the next couple of weeks, maybe over the Christmas break in terms of personal statements and, and, and research? Exactly the advice I've been given about their CV. Look on there to try and see the things that you can show, your passion for teaching, what you want to go into teaching, what you're going to get out of it, the rewards from it. Look to see if you can get some experience as well. I know it's difficult circumstances at the moment, but look to see if you can get some experience that's going to give you a better understanding of what happens in the classroom as well, and then get it written down and apply, Brilliant. apply, apply. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Marcus. I want to say thank you to um, my guests here, Bilal Rashid, um, Javeri Tanvir, both uh, both teachers, uh, Marcus Marcus Ray and Shoaib Ali. Until the next time on the future show, Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.